This is Butchertown Rundown, a Racing Louisville podcast brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome to the Butchertown Rundown, the only podcast dedicated to the top tier professional team in the state of Kentucky, your Racing Louisville Football Club. I am Tom Benson. That's Becky Morgan. And Becky, we have a special guest with us today from Soccer Holdings, the communications managers, Jeff Greer. Jeff, Becky, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. Oh, sorry, Becky. There we go. Right off the bat. <laughs> Becky, I'm thrilled to be here. I, I am uh, as, uh, as excited about racing uh, as anyone. I, I almost fell like four rows of stairs <laughs> Last year, when we when we scored our first goal uh, in the Challenge Cup, <laughs> I, lost my, I lost my mind, um, and so I, I'm super excited to be here and, and excited that you guys have have started this podcast. I think it's a really great service to our fans, and uh, hopefully, we can be continue to be informative tonight. I certainly hope so, and thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. You know, you host Soccer City Radio, which I'm sure the vast majority of our listeners listen to regularly every single week. We had Casey on here a few weeks ago, and that was delightful. So we're very happy to have you here now, too. Absolutely. We had soccer genius Casey Whitfield and now (laughs) Jeff Greer. Uh, For those outside of the Louisville area, uh, a quick, quick rundown. Jeff has just done it all uh, as a journalist. He's written for the Washington Post, written for the Courier Journal, written long form for The Athletic. He does play by play. He's on Soccer City Radio, which if you are outside the Louisville area, is available to download on uh, Apple iTunes. He has a ton of great racing guests on there. Uh, He also is the editor, creator, producer, publisher of the Floyd Street Tribune, which is the go-to source of information on everything UofL. So a busy man, but we are happy that tonight he is here to talk with us about just one thing, racing Louisville. Wow, what an intro. (laughs) absolutely (laughs) absolutely well let's not mess around (laughs) becky let's get to our starting line so the biggest news of the week is that racing has been eliminated from the challenge cup saturday's draw against chicago made it impossible for them to surpass kansas city and reach first place in the central division and then on sunday portland's win made it mathematically impossible for racing to be fourth in the league and move on to playoffs Over the entire league right now, racing is actually currently in seventh place with six points. They're above the Wave, Angel City, Gotham, Orlando, and Houston in points, and that is really pretty good considering the amount of turnover they've had in players and staff. If this was the regular season, we would only be a hair away from the playoffs, so I take that as a pretty positive sign for racing. In terms for who leads the Challenge Cup right now, O.L. Reign leaves everybody with 13 points, North Carolina comes in second overall and leads the Eastern Division with 11 points, and Kansas City leads the Central Division with 10. And the Portland Thorns are currently in fourth place with 10 points. How is North Carolina still good? I mean, they lose. it amazes me. How are they still good? Uh, so good, considering that they literally lost everybody and everything and completely rebuilt. I mean, I, it might just be a, a newness thing, like a... a, a People don't know how to play them and didn't know what to expect, and maybe they'll they'll even out a little bit. But they've definitely been, I think, the hottest team so far, simply based on being so unexpected. Yeah, fingers crossed. And one other thing to note is that I think something that we as racing fans can get used to seeing is racing players getting capped. Emily Fox playing for the national team. Jay Howell, Captain Marvel, playing for the national team scoring goals, getting minutes. Uh, I have not had as much enjoyment watching a national team matches when I get to watch our hometown players uh, suit up. It's been exciting. Yeah, I was in the press box during the Columbus game, and I'm not going to lie, I cheered when Jay Hell scored, even though I know that that's like <laughs> completely not kosher and what you're not supposed to do. I still cheered. I don't care. If they, if they kick me out and revoke my press credentials, it doesn't matter. It was worth it. <laughs> It was a good goal too. It was a really expertly taken. It, it kind of like at first glance, I thought it was sort of an accident, but then like when you watch it in slower motion, you kind of realize that she like put her foot perfectly in position to just kind of glance it up and over. And it was a nice moment. I know she's worked really, really hard. So that was a, that was a pretty cool moment for her. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jeff, 
every show, we like to uh, highlight a organization or a company that uh, supports racing because we want to amplify them and give support to those that support our team. And in honor of you, this week, let's give a shout out to Zappos. Zappos <laughs> Shoe Stores, who if you enjoyed any of Jeff Greer's box-to-box videos last year, and if you haven't seen him, go back and look, sponsored by Zappos, a shoe store. You can either go to their unboxed location in Louisville. You can go to Zappos.com. I've been there. I am wearing the Zappos shoes I bought. You think like, oh, is it a place that it's a cheap discount? No, it's good stuff. Good stuff at a good price. Uh, My feet are best described as square. So I have a tough time finding shoes and they had a great job. And also Zappos sponsors the Racing Louisville Kids Club. Jeff, have you signed up your newborn for the kids club yet? <laughs> not, not yet. He's he's still uh, he's still figuring out how to form a smile on his face. But once, <laughs> he gets, once he gets a little bit older, we're definitely going to enter him in all sorts of different things uh, with racing for sure. There we go. Well, if you want <laughs> to put a smile on his face, the kids club, a racing player will send a birthday card. It's a great way to brainwash your kid to enjoy the top tier professional sports team in Kentucky. The shoes are great. The products are great. They treat racing well. So next time you are in the market, head to Zappos. And with that, I mean, I feel, I feel real good talking to Jeff Greer here, Becky. And we are coming off of our 1-1 draw against Chicago. And to me, a draw is a bit of a Rorschach test. Um, you know, if you, you find what you're looking for. And if you want to say the glass is half full, you can find positives. If you want to say the glass is half empty, you can find negatives. And I will be honest with you both. To me, the game was a big glass half empty. Mm. When I looked at that lineup that Chicago put out there, I thought there were probably, and First of all, all due respect, if you play in this league, you are a world-class talent. You are at the top one half of 1% of soccer players on this planet. But the fact is, is they had probably five players that they would have liked to start that wasn't starting. When we stepped on the field with them, I thought to myself, probably for the first time as a racing fan, we have more talent than this team. And when you have more talent than the opponents in this league, you need to take advantage and win. So I look at it and say that that was a missed opportunity for this club. And Becky, I'm going to send it over to you. What did you think? Glass half empty, glass half full. I mean, it, to me, it definitely tips over to glass half full for a few reasons. And I I will start by admitting that this is probably racing's least inspired start of 2022. Like it was not a great game Mm -hmm. by any means, you know, they, they came at kind of lackluster. They had some issues that just didn't feel particularly inspired, but at the same time, like I I cannot overemphasize the importance of them coming back to equalize after going Mm -hmm. down. I cannot overemphasize how good it is to have depth on the bench that can come into a game and equalize that that has to be positive to me i i can't look at it as as anything but and so i don't know i mean it's it's not great but i've said for a long time that i'm gonna judge success for racing in the challenge cup by winning a game or i hoped winning multiple games but right now we've won a game so we've done that so i think it's been a success so far but more importantly we've only lost one at this time last year, we had a 0-2-3 record in our first five games, and now we have a 1-1-3 record. That's undeniably better. So the fact that we were able to pull out a draw in the very first game that all season so far that we've gone behind first, that's another huge thing to point out. I I think that's great. I, I'm glad we got a draw. I, You know, not to be trite, but, you know, sometimes a draw feels like a win. Sometimes it feels like a loss. This just felt like a draw. It didn't feel like a great victory, but I'm still very satisfied with the result. So I, I look at it more positively. Jeff, do you feel strongly in either direction about how this game ended? 
This is this is gonna sh- uh, shock you both that I'm a company man. I am half. <laughs> I am majorly half. I'm more. I'm, I'm full full cup right now. I I am not even half full. I'm full cup on this team. I've been bullish on them since I saw them in February. Um, I, I think there's one thing that Becky touched on, and then a couple other things. One is as you mentioned, Becky, the depth, the fact that racing can look down the bench and send in three players at what the 65 minute mark or whatever it was and actually impact the game is a step up from last season. Mm-hmm. That was just yep. the depth was just lacking. There were a lot of games where it was like, you know, I, I hate to say this, I'm not picking on anybody, but there were like three or four starters pretty regularly where you were like, you know, in this league probably is a borderline starter. Mm-hmm. And, and quite frankly, is a borderline being the 18 um, type selection. I know the, the benches are longer, but just traditionally, I'm always thinking of 18. But this year, it, it's hard to pick the lineup. And I think that's a good thing. I think, you know, you heard Kim Bjorkegren after the game say, I told Amina Ekic she has been good enough to start all, all preseason, all, all challenged cups. She's been good enough to be in the 11. Um, and I think Savannah DeMello has shown that she's good enough mm, to be in the yeah. 11. We know what Ebony Salmon is capable of. Um, so to be able to have that substitution ability is huge this season and will help a lot as the games rack up and the season progresses. So that's the one thing. The second thing is just the fighting spirit of this team. Um, and, and Becky mentioned it, uh, the ability to come back. I always feel like there's a goal in racing every game. I felt like there was a goal, at least a goal in them. And um, that <laughs> another thing that is very different from last year, there were a lot of games where you're just like, I just, I don't know, I, this is not going very well. Uh, and I have not felt like that it, with any of these games so far this season, even the Houston game uh, after falling behind three, two, I felt like later in that game, they started to, to show a little bit again and almost equalize. Uh, and quite frankly, should have won on Saturday with a couple of chances late uh, yeah. in that one. So um, yeah. maybe I'm a little too bullish on them. Uh, I think I'm uh, more bullish than just about anybody. But <laughs> um, but I'm coming away from this feeling very much like this is a team that can compete for a playoff spot uh, in the regular season. Now, you, everything you said, I'm, I'm with you. You both make excellent points um, going down the bench. And you know what? Maybe you'll say that that I was just having a bad night. I was super bummed that it was cold. Uh, that put me in a bad mood. Um, I got to my seats and they had not put the starters pictures up on the concourse, which is one of my favorite things uh, about going to the game. And I just, uh, you know, for me personally, I just wasn't feeling it. But one thing that I would like to point out that it's not a worry but it's something that I am putting on the radar as something that I'm watching with, if not concern, interest going forward. And that is something we saw last year, which is the lack of service to our striker. I saw Jess McDonald. Jess McDonald uh, is, a, is a savvy player. She's making runs. She's looking for space in the box. And there were a few times where uh, even before Chicago parked the bus, so to speak, I saw her make a run and we just didn't quite see her. We didn't quite get the ball to her. And I remember thinking that with Ebony Salmon last year that, you know, we need to figure out a way to get that ball through to uh, our, our primary attacking option. We're doing great going down the flanks. Uh, Kirsten Davis sign me up. I have bought all of the Kirsten Davis stock. She is fantastic. Uh, but I just, uh, I'm, 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 tell me I'm wrong, Becky. What are you seeing with us getting the ball to Jessica McDonald or not? Um, or about why I shouldn't be upset that they were not getting the pictures out of the starting players uh, before the game. <laughs> Well, I am also furious about the starting picture. No, actually, I, I noticed that, but I also noticed that there were some staff members around it, so I thought they were going up, and I just missed it. But who knows what happened there? But the about getting the balls to the forwards. I mean, we did a few times, and Jess was called off sides. Yeah. Um. I mean, we actually had way more crosses in this game than we've ever. That's a good had. point. Yeah. Um, a good so point. you know. I think it's our our final touches in the final third, and it's it's our accuracy of our crosses and all that are remains our problem. It, not necessarily that we aren't trying or we aren't seeing players, but that we just have we get kind of sloppy 
because we're rushing at the end of the game. Mm. I mean, that's that's my impression. But what Jeff? What do you think? You are probably the soccer expert amongst us. By far. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yes, you're right. I think it was the highest number of crosses that they've had. I think it was 33 or something like that, that mm-hmm. they had into the box. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting as the team progresses. And, and, and I remind myself this, I mean, they've played five games uh, yep. against NWSL competition, fair, absolutely it's fair. a small sample size. Um, but something that they work on and we it's, I'm not, this is no state secret because we see it in the matches uh, is the movement where, where they play it out um, kind of in behind the defense, but toward a corner flag and Jess McDonald goes and chases it down. And then she's the one who delivers the service. Mm, Uh, And I I think that that is something that requires us to have good uh, late arrivals in the box uh, and good finishers among the other players on the field. I think having Nadia Nadine back healthy, uh, will be a big help uh, there. We know she's really good in front of goal, obviously. Um, I think Ebony Salmon playing more as the season progresses, which I would expect, uh, will obviously be a big help uh, with her ability to finish. Uh, and don't underestimate the value of Alex Chidiak whenever she does arrive, the Aussie national team member, um, and her ability to play a killer ball to Jess McDonald. I, I think that is uh, something that um, I agree is a piece that racing could use. Um, at least another person who can deliver that ball. There are some players who already can on this team. I think Jay Howell will get more comfortable uh, delivering good balls and, and, and good service. Um, but I think she's still kind of getting a feel for, for playing professionally. Yeah. Um, but when Alex Chidiak is in Lavender, um, look out because she is the type of connective tissue that, uh, that this team needs and, and will be capable of playing balls forward to someone like Jess McDonald. So that actually raises a question and you've already touched on this a lot, but you have, you've mentioned Alex Chidiak to me before when we've talked after practices and stuff as someone that you're really excited for. Tell us a little bit about more where you think she's going to play and how she plays and what kind of player she is. She's a, she's a central midfielder. So she's, um, she's really good on the ball, really good first touch. Um, she has a little bit of the Savannah DeMello uh, spiciness and a challenge to her. Love that. Um, DeMello. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about DeMello. Me too. Um, but in a 4-3-3, I think Chidiak can play either the eight where, you know, she's going box to box or that like eight slash 10 role where that, that's a little more advanced um, in the central uh, central midfield spot. In a 4-2-3-1, she can be the 10 in behind the striker. Um, but what her skill set is, look, really good movement. She's, she's good uh, touchline to touchline, um, great first touch, really good technique, uh, and the ability to try, like, not just play a good ball um, and a good killer ball, but also the willingness to risk trying them. Um, and that takes a special amount of flair. Um, that's a, that's a Rose Lavelle. That's a, a Lindsay Horan. That's a Sam Mewis. That's a, that's a skill set that those players, I'm not saying Alex Shidiak is those players, but, uh, people like that who play with that level of flair, it, it, they are invaluable to a team because they're willing to try something and it, it you know, they might try it five times and, and it works once, but if that one time results in a goal on uh, the other four times, you're able to kind of counter press and maybe get it back a couple of times. Uh, I'm good with that. So she's she's a really nice addition, and I'm anxious for her to get uh, all of her visa stuff taken care of and get over here. Uh, me too, definitely. I, I was really impressed when I saw she was signed. I didn't know a huge amount about her, but I definitely heard of her. I knew she had her absolute brilliant career or uh, season with um, Melbourne Victory, where I mean she just won every accolade you possibly could with that team. So. Definitely getting a hot player at a hot time is, is very exciting. It is exciting and uh, a good time to kind of uh, take a step back and um, Jeff, maybe talk to you a little bit about what you've seen with the team. You are uh, on the team this year as part of the front office, but last year you were as connected to the team as anybody in the media here in Louisville. And I'd like to ask, you know, what are, some of the differences, some of the changes uh, that you see between this year's team and last year's team? Well, look, I mean, I think last year, the bottom line is, is the, it was an expansion team. It was a first year expansion team. And I think they had a, um, 
And Becky and I were talking about this the other day, like by all accounts, a successful year for in terms of points, they set a, a new standard for that. Um, but obviously had uh, some holes in their team. And, you know, I, I think um, towards the end of the season, it was, you know, it was clear that uh, they, they had hit a run of bad results and it was starting to get uh, frustrating at times for them, but that's, that's normal. That's expected uh, from a first year team. I think the biggest difference is this year. Um, one, we talked about the depth. I mean, I, I truly believe that there are like 16 to 18 players worthy of being selected to be in the starting lineup. And of course there's some who you're just like, there's no way someone is going to take that spot. You pencil mm-hmm. in Jess McDonald, you pencil in Emily Fox, of course. Franchise Emily Fox. Yeah. Franchise Fox. Who's just oh, in, uh, an first person to other say it other than you, Tom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've heard him say it before. I've heard him say it before. I like that nickname. Um, and, and it's just, I mean, she is just a magician and is so yeah. good. Um, but, um, but I think that's a big part of it. And I think because of that, the, the trainings are really competitive. Um, and I think there's a nice camaraderie, uh, with this team. Not that there wasn't last year. I do think that the team got along pretty well, um, in most quarters, um, and, and formed a lot of good friendships that we saw. Um, but this year's group seems very connected, uh, I think they feel confident. I think they feel like they should be winning games. I thought Freya Olafson's quote after um, Saturday night's game where it's like, okay, we're in the second year. We need better results. People want us to get more results mm-hmm. and we believe we can get them. Like that shows you where this team is. Um, so I would say that it, it, it's those two things. It's that, that camaraderie and competitive spirit mixed with a, a lot more depth. Um, and a nice, uh, nicely built roster. I think that, yeah. Could you add a, a couple more pieces? Yeah. Um, but I would remind people that, um, there are still some seasons that are finishing elsewhere. Uh, so, you know, the rosters are not always done uh, until, uh, everybody says they're done. So, um, stay tuned on that. And, and, you know, I think by the time we get to July, people will be feeling like this is a pretty well-built roster. Oh, that's exciting. I feel like there's a little tease maybe hidden in there that I'm not going to pursue too much because I know you probably <laughs> can't talk. I closed the hatch. I, I let a little peep smoke <laughs> out and now I'm the hatch. Well, who do you think so far, and I know this is early, you said it's a small sample size, it's only been five games, but if you had to pick a VIP for the team for the Challenge Cup so far, who would it be? Oh man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the pool that I'm picking from first. So I can, I talk myself through this year. Um, I would say Jess McDonald, uh, Emily Fox, uh, Lauren Malay, Julia Lester, and Amina Ekich would probably be the names that I would be picking from. Um, uh, Amina's goal was, uh, blew my mind. It was so exciting. And, and uh, everybody at that club absolutely loves Amina. Um, Emily Fox is like every game she plays the bare minimum is that she's like a seven out of 10 in her performance. Like there's just, she just, the floor is so high with her. Um, I will, I'm going to go with, um, with a little bit of a surprising choice here. I'm going to go with Lauren Malay. And the reason for that is um, nobody runs like her. It's her and Fox, I think, every game that logged the most running, uh, the most mileage on their legs. And she's kind of an unsung hero, Lauren, because uh, last year she was playing central midfield. She was playing, you know, a variety of roles in the midfield. This year she's playing uh, as a wide forward or sometimes as an outside back, uh, which is mostly just cover until uh, Rebecca Holloway gets here, obviously. Um, But the ability for her to then to play in all these different positions she is such a steady figure um, in the locker room. She's a great presence on the team. She has the respect of everybody on the team. She's a pro um, on top of all of the running that she does in the pressing system. Uh, so, and she got the goal. She finally got her goal. Uh, I thought she should have scored against Chicago uh, the other night. And I think she did too, based on her reaction. Um, so I'm going to go outside the box with all of that, with the caveat, <laughs> knowing that I could, you know, Jess McDonald and Emily Fox have been, have been brilliant. And I think Julia Lester certainly has been uh, brilliant as well in every match. So, um, but I'm going to go with my gal, Loma Lay. What about Excellent. you, Tom? Well, first I need to ask Jess something that is, oh, sure. that has been concerning me is that, Jeff, I do not need you to give me 
the meeting agenda. I don't need the actual <laughs> document, but I need you to tell me that somewhere on that agenda, the front office is talking about how many minutes Emily Fox is getting because she's young. Yes. But this is a long season and she she reminds me of, of one of these athletes that is she going to think, yes, I need to protect myself. I need to maybe not do that extra five, 10 minutes after practice and work. But she also seems as evidenced in that last game against Chicago, you can't pull her off the field. I think that, you know, down Oh one, I think if, uh, coach Kim had tried to pull her off, uh, she might've punched him in the face, which, you know, probably not the greatest dynamic between a star player and coach, but this organization, you know, uh, is, is experiencing something with, uh, with, uh, Emily Fox now with Jay Howe and hopefully, and I would expect in the future, something that maybe on the loose city side, we don't, which is managing minutes for players that are logging significant national team time mm -hmm. is that something that uh is, that uh, the organization is is actively managing is it on the agenda i i, I don't i don't I legitimately don't know i i can't tell you just because i'm not in the coaches meetings what i would tell you is that um you know from me watching the games yeah i'm like does she really need to play the full <laughs> 90 against uzbekistan like is that are we sure that that's necessary uh for vlatko's setup um <laughs> but uh but no i look i i think um I think they're, they want um, the reason that they built the roster the way they did. Um, and the reason that they signed someone like a Rebecca Holloway mm -hmm. um, is to give them a lot more flexibility. Uh, you add a chitty act to the midfield as well. Like you're, you're adding players who are starter quality. So um, I think ultimately the, the goal would be, and this is, again, this is just my guess from watching training and, and thinking through what, what they might be thinking about the transfer uh, side of things. Cause I'm not privy to those conversations, but if you sign someone of the caliber of Rebecca Holloway, you can play Emily Fox anywhere uh, on the field mm -hmm. and you have a left footed left back. Um, but it also gives you cover too, if you need to rest her. So yeah. um, I, I do think that they're, they are certainly thinking about that uh, certainly with Jay Howell too, coming off winning a national championship, going straight to national team camp and then coming to preseason, which is seemingly six months long uh, in the <laughs> NWSL. Yes. Um, yes. I, I think the reason they built their roster the way they did was to make sure that uh, they're getting adequate rotation for, for all of their players, including, uh, including Emily. I will just say one other thing, Emily is just like, energizer bunny um i saw her the other day she she had just come back from the national team so she didn't practice uh, i think it was her first day back she practiced the day before the chicago game and she's just chilling on the sideline and looked like she you know at any moment could go run a marathon and would be fine so um, i know that they do need to manage her and i'm sure they will um but uh, she is just a just an incredible athlete and i really i could not speak highly, uh, more highly of her as well. I, I really have enjoyed interactions with her. That's wonderful. I mean, you will, uh, you will find very few people more bullish on Emily Fox than myself. Um, <laughs> I heard an interview with her where she said that she likes to eat uh, good steak from time to time. So now I feel as though like Jeff Ruby's here in town, Lemu, we need to get a steak <laughs> named after Emily Fox. Every time fans come in from uh, out of town to watch a racing game, you go to that restaurant, you get the uh, Emily Fox steak. Maybe she wants a uh, pastry. Maybe she wants something else. But it's we're getting to that point where we need to start recognizing as a community <laughs> that you don't get talents like this to mm -hmm. watch and be a fan of very often. So I don't know. Becky, how much time left do I have in our uh, uh, show quota to gush over Emily Fox? Am I over my 20 minutes yet? Or You're very close. You're very okay, close. You're, you're cutting it right to the... All right. The well, second. we still have more to talk about, so I'll stop now. Um, Jeff, what do you... So you mentioned the, the depth of this team. Um, and um, I'd like... You know, when we look at the schedule and I know that Becky and I are going to take a deep dive into the schedule uh, in the future because there are a lot of matches and a lot of short period of time. I think that uh, if you worry about rotations or if somebody's going to get minutes, that's going to kind of play itself out because these players are going to be needing rest. Mm -hmm. um, what I'd like to know is compared to last year, 
Um, what was the vibe around the team? You know, like we, we've said, the the team had a few more L's last year than anybody would have liked. And I'd like to know if you could compare the vibe around the team after the loss to Houston versus some of the losses last year. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say that, um, and last year, last year will be a different perception uh, for me because mm-hmm. uh, like you said earlier, I was, I was like, Outside media, I was, you know, I was kind of contracted to do Loose City's play-by-play. And and so I felt like sort of an employee, but sort of not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't around the team as much as I am this year. Like, you know, one of the great perks of my job now is like, it'll be nice out. Uh, It hasn't been nice out a ton, but um, (laughs) when it's, when it's reasonably nice out, I'm like, I'm going to just go watch like 20 minutes of training and just go watch the teams work and both teams just walk right outside and watch professional soccer. It's pretty cool. Um, I would say that last year, my vibe was kind of a here we go again um, vibe uh, with the team, especially later in the season. It just kind of felt like um, the spirit, uh, the spirit had been broken a little bit uh, later in the season. Um, And again, you know, I I hope that, you know, if if any of our players are listening, tell me if I'm wrong, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Um, But, but this year, I mean, it was legit anger like they were very frustrated by that game and i think that's what happens when you add a jess mcdonald um to your to your dressing room when you add a jay howell to your i mean jay howell and savannah Demillo. if they were in a phone booth with me i'm pretty sure they would kill me in like two karate chops like they're, <laughs> they're very intense uh, competitors um and then you know you throw in uh, someone like Gemma Bonner who who was a, a team leader last year but I think has really found her voice even more so in the preseason leading up to it and so when you add all of that together with with sort of the smoldering quiet competitive fierceness of, of an Emily Fox um and, and the very outspoken nature of Nadia Nadim who's been in training and all that stuff um, this team gets pissed w- when something doesn't go their way. And mm. I think that's a big reason why we saw them come back um, the other day is you get three players on the subs bench waiting to come in and they're like, we're going to come in this game and we're going to change it and we're going to get a goal. And um, I love that attitude. Um, and I think that that's certainly something that uh, is, is very much noticeable this year that maybe wasn't always so noticeable last year. And I obviously only have an outside perspective, but, you know, talking to, I talked to players a lot more regularly because I still lived in Louisville um, last season, you know, I went to almost every single practice and I just never got the sense last year that they expected to win mm-hmm. games. I, I, and I mean, definitely correct me if I'm wrong about this. They wanted to win games and they fought to win games, but they never seemed to expect it and be like, we can win this game. And this year, they definitely seem like we can and should win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and you already pointed out, you know, Freya said after this game, the mentality of the club has changed. And I think that's very evident, even just, you know, speaking to the players, they expect to win. They don't just want to win. They don't, they, they think they can win. They actually have that belief in place. Do you feel that way too, Jeff? Yeah, for sure. And, and like, it is funny what I've noticed, like, um, uh, like Kim, you know, Kim will walk by the, the staff and he'll say, feels like three points this week. Like he just has this like swagger about it, this very Scandinavian swagger about him Love uh, it. where he doesn't really say a whole lot, but when he's intense, you're like, okay, I'm listening to whatever, whatever he has to say. So um, I certainly think that, and look, you add someone uh, as your as your holding mid who's won two national championships at the college level into your lineup. You add someone uh, like Jess McDonald who's won a World Cup, and again, I mean, you're you're talking about immediate infusion of players who have been there at the at a high level and won when it mattered the most. Um, and you know, I, I think that that just changes a, a locker room, and then you add in a new coach who's trying to instill um, that kind of. Uh, quiet but strong uh, mentality and and I think it makes a big difference and what is your take so far on coach Kim I've been really impressed by how strongly the players have spoken about him in positive terms Um, I think the thing that struck me the most was after this last game and uh, Amina talked about like last year 
I mean, this is true of rookies, no matter what, I don't want to necessarily put blame on people, but she was like, oh, I was doing stuff wrong and I didn't even quite know it. I couldn't quite see it. Where now, you know, Coach Kim is very directly being like, you can do this differently, do this differently, work in this area. And you can just tell she feels so much more confident. I mean, everything mm -hmm. about her exudes a confidence that wasn't there last year. And of course, she's in her second year. So some of that is natural and would happen anyway. But I mean, there's the players do not hesitate to praise Coach Kim on their own. What What's your take with him so far, Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. That's been my impression too. And, you know, you talk about someone uh, like DeMello, for instance. I mean, Savannah DeMello, who when she came in early February, she came into racing as a 10, as, a, as an attacking midfielder. She scored a lot of goals, assisted a lot uh, at USC, uh, USC West. For a, This is all new to me, moving to what some people <laughs> call the South. There's a, I grew up in Rhode Island. There's only one USC. It's Southern Cal. And South Carolina is South Carolina, but my wife's parents went to USC, South Carolina, and that's what they call it. I'm like, okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, but uh, like, take someone like her, for instance, and, and she's worked with uh, Kim Bjorkegren um, on playing more of that like pivot role uh, in, the, in the midfield where she can come a little deeper. Again, he talked about this on Saturday. She can drop a little bit deeper in the midfield, collect the ball and turn and have time to think about what she wants to do. Um, and that's, that's development. And, um, you talk about Emily Fox, for instance, I mean, Emily Fox is already probably in the top three or four, um, fullbacks in the world at this point. I mean, the way she plays, she is as good as just about anybody in the world at her position. Amen. Amen. And, um, and she's, she's getting reps in different parts of the field. They're working with her on carrying the ball a little differently, uh, looking for the killer ball, all those things. Um, and, and I mean, that's development that's, that's working with someone that's talking to them. Um, and so I, I, I think, I think they have really bought into the player development side of it. And that was something that they talked about a lot, uh, when they hired him, uh, when racing hired him and, and announced it, the players talked about how they thought he would play a big role in their development. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly the comments ha have reflected that. So Jeff, you, when you, you you've mentioned a couple of players a few a uh, few times, um, and we're we're coming towards the end here, but I want to put you on the spot. Last year, when you did box to box, you asked players tough questions as you were going. You put them on the spot. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Okay. And I'm going to say there's no penalty if you don't give me an answer, but you'll feel bad about it. You know, like tonight, <laughs> you're you're not going to sleep well. So. On one side of the contest, there is Savannah DeMello. On the other side of the contest is Jalen Howell. It is a, bre a breath-holding contest. Who can hold their breath longer? Which player passes out first? Well, I'll tell you why I'm going to pick DeMello. Um, I, I think they're super competitors, and, and honestly, I think they might be willing to hold their breath long enough that both of them would just pass out after a while. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to pick DeMello just because she, uh, she grew up in California. She's a beach kid. Um, I know she had, had listed on like our little player um, survey that she loves Hawaii um, and is a big ocean person. So, uh, someone who has practice holding their breath underwater for long periods of time, I'm going to pick her to win this contest. I'm going to counter that and say it'd be Jalen Howell because she grew up in the thin atmosphere of Colorado and is used to functioning with less oxygen. That's, that's, <laughs> fa that's fair. That's fair. So we only ask the hard hitting questions here, Jeff, only the hard hitting <laughs> questions. Well, I, I have a very hard hitting question that I'm going to interrogate you about. And that is the awake hit. That oh, has been. No. I knew this was going to come up. All you, right, let's you hear it. You knew this was coming up. You have seen this seen mysterious awake hit that we has now been announced to the world <laughs> that we will see a week from Thursday at the, uh, at the Jersey launch party. That's very exciting. So you've said the players were very happy when they saw it at the photo shoot. So tell us, can you give us a little more hints? Like what was a little more about the reaction, your first reaction to seeing it? The people want to know. 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll say three things. First and foremost, uh, this, is, this is my first opportunity to be an evangelist here. So the people who are listening to this podcast, I do this on Soccer City Radio, I'm going to issue them a challenge, okay? We are going to Noble Funk Brewery on, um, on the 28th, on Thursday night, the 28th. Uh, starts at six. The reveal will be at seven. The party is technically six to eight, but I'm sure people will be there past that. Uh, we're going to have all the bells and whistles of a fun event. It's going to be a, a truly like a season kickoff event. And if you went to 1020 last year uh, for that event, it was just so fun. There were just so many different people there. Um, so I would say if you're listening to this podcast and you're in the area and you're able to go, bring two people who are have never been to a soccer mm. game, bring them to this event and show them what our community looks like. Because I think that's a big part of why people buy into this is it's just fun to be around other people who are going to these games. So that's my first challenge to you. Um, as far as the kit goes, what I will tell you is um, people have been clamoring for mint. I was clamoring for mint. Uh, you saw the uh, tease today, so I'm not letting any cats out of the bag here. Um, it is a mint themed jersey, which I think people are really excited about. Um, and it's something that, uh, you know, Louisville, I, I, I really, I, I had the same reaction as Gemma Bonner. She recently had a mint julep uh, while her dad was in town at <laughs> Churchill Downs and it was the pre-mix, you know, the commercial nasty stuff. And she hated it. She said, you know, I just wasn't really a fan. Um, but a few years ago when I worked at the Courier Journal, I, for some reason was picked because I think maybe people think I'm funny on video or I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I embarrass myself on video, um, <laughs> but I was picked to be one of the test subjects at uh, Proof on Main to try uh, their bartenders oh, yeah. um, bourbon. It was like bourbon themed derby drinks and um, they had a mint julep and he actually took the time. To, to mash the, the mint, to beat up the mint a little bit, the mint leaf to release the flavors. And I'll be darned, that was one of the best drinks I've ever had uh, oh, when it was good. actually handmade. So I told Gemma to go to Proof on Main and have a, a handmade mint julep. Um, and of course, we'll be serving them at, uh, at uh, this kit reveal party, although I don't know if they're handmade. Um, wow. but, uh, I, I, sorry, I, I don't know. Um, last thing I will say then, so at our, at our shoot day, um, people, they call it media day inside the office. And I'm like, no, media day is when you go to like Charlotte and there's like, you sit at a table and a bunch of newspaper writers talk to you. That's my media day. My <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but this was a photo shoot, two photo shoot days. And Lauren Millay, uh, who I, I recently named my Challenge Cup player of the Challenge Cup, um, came out. She was the first person, I think, on the schedule for that day. And um, for part of our, our kit reveal, she took a home jersey photo first. She went back to the locker room, changed. And when she came back out, she just had this look on her face like, yeah. I'm into this. And we were like, we all had the same reaction. Like, Ooh, those are sharp when she came out. Um, and Ebony Salmon felt that way. Uh, Addison Merrick felt that way when they, I'm just thinking of a few reactions that the players had. So if they're excited, then we're excited. Um, and I, I, you know, the one thing that I would just say real quick is uh, I've only worked at, at soccer holdings since February 28th, I think. Um, but something that's really, really super important to me is that these players love being here, that they love being in Louisville, that they love playing for racing and for Louisville City. And I want to do whatever it takes uh, to make this city enjoyable for them, to make this a fun experience for them. Um, so for them to see that that they like this jersey and they liked how it looked and Nadia Nadim was excited um, is kind of cool. You know, you look good, you feel Super good, cool. and you play good. Um, and so I hope that that, uh, that that is the takeaway from all of this. Well, I, I love that. I love everything you said. I'm also deeply impressed that you managed to say that much <laughs> thing next to absolutely nothing about And that's the why I'm running for governor of Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's fine. That just makes it even more exciting to go to the launch party. I will be driving all the way. I probably won't be able to have any more jokes because I'm coming all the way it. from Lexington. Yes. But I will, I, I'm going to be there. I hope other people go there. And I also hope people show or have signed up for the Q&A that's this Thursday mm -hmm. with players. Last year when I talked to players, they all talked about how they wanted to do more stuff with the community and they wanted to talk with the fans more and be with the fans more. And I'm really excited that that is starting. So hope and that's going to be this Thursday too. as in April 21st, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's right. And actually, 
I would say sign up for it while you still can, but I was told today that actually all spots are taken. So that's yeah, it's exciting exciting. too. That that's a sold out, even though you know tickets weren't really for sale. But it's a it's a full full list. So I hope the the team realizes that there is a lot of demand for this stuff. So yeah, they. I, I will say that we we do. Um, and, and, and there's a demand for it inside our walls too. And we're, we've talked a lot about getting them in front of school, uh, school children, uh, getting them in front of especially little girls and, and young women, uh, to show them what it looks like, uh, to be a pro, uh, women's athlete in this, in this country and what you can be, um, but little boys too, uh, little kids here in town, we talk about top tier pro sports. We talk about that a lot. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's exciting that we're doing that. And it's just a first of uh, hopefully many events that we do over the next like five, six months. And on top of all of that, I hear, uh, and this is just my sources, I hear that there is a particularly verbose uh, host for that evening who will be, uh, who will be <laughs> there. So that should be good. Well, Jeff, I know that your time is limited, but we're going to go to extra time because you hit on something that I'm, I'm very interested about. And I think that even though you haven't uh, been with soccer holdings very long, um, I'm sure this is something that uh, you think a lot about. <clears throat> and that is this, that racing these athletes are the best in the world at what they do. Mm-hmm. And um, you need to respect them as athletes. You need to respect their time, but also it helps the organization if they go out and um, do for lack of a better term promotion. If you send Emily Fox up to Northern Kentucky to uh, do a soccer clinic, the club grows in Northern Kentucky. You send Jess McDonald down in Bowling Green, the club grows in Bowling Green. How do you balance the need to grow the club while also respecting the players time to recover and have time to themselves? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that we're still, at least since I have joined, that we're still talking through what that looks like. Um, You know, there's certainly, I think we're all kind of in the same boat of like, okay, I mean, I hope it it sounds like maybe the numbers are ticking back up again, but COVID is starting to be Mm -hmm. um, more of a thing of the past in terms of Mm -hmm. uh, a reason that people don't come to stuff. Um, So what what are our opportunities there going forward? Uh, How can we get people out in the community? Uh, We've had a bunch of high school groups come in uh, and meet Mm -hmm. our front office staff. And that has been eye-opening to me to hear what they care about and what, what interests them. Um, I heard a, a young woman, uh, I think she was like 16 or 17 uh, from Central High School saying, I want to I want to hear from players who look like me and who have experienced things like me. Um, and it's like, well, we have we can do that. You know, we can get mm-hmm. people into high schools. We can get them to elementary schools. Um, of course, there's there's certainly with the CBA that has just been agreed to with the NWSL, there's limits on um, what players are required to do versus what players might want to do. Um, but I can tell you that Gemma Bonner has has been very um, open with us about saying, like, you know, we want to make sure that the players on our team who want to be involved in this uh, make it clear that they do want to go above and beyond and, and be part of it. And while they want to feel like they're part of this community uh, and you've just seen it like Jess McDonald's social media, you've seen that people want to be part of this community uh, and grow that fan base. So um, the efforts are, are ongoing and uh, the planning is certainly ongoing. And, and uh, I'm really, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give away too much, but I'm really, really excited about some of the rollouts that we've got planned as the regular season uh, is, is fast approaching. I, I think people are going to be really excited to see, um, who's pulling for us this year um, and what uh, some of the stuff we're doing to try to get people attracted uh, to, to rooting for our hometown team uh, will be. And, and uh, hopefully part of that will include, uh, not hopefully, it will, part of that will include more events like the one on Thursday night and more opportunities to go talk to young people uh, around the city. And that's fantastic because, I mean, so a, a big part of not just growing a fan base, but, you know, a, re- a dedicated fan base is getting to actually feel like you have a connection with the players mm-hmm. and with mm-hmm. the team. You know, for some people, that's becoming friends with people and supporters groups and building a community that way. But for a lot of people, like what will really cross the line, particularly 
you know, teenagers and younger kids is I met that player. Like, I'll never forget, I took my niece to one of her first games last year and she had her hair dyed purple and she had just done it. And Freya walked by and said, I love your hair. And now every time <laughs> Love we've taken Freya. her to games, she yeah. said, oh, there's Freya. She liked my hair. So, you know, those little moments are so important to building that like deep connection of community. So, you know, obviously, yes, we have to respect the player's time and not expect them to do, you know, all this, this labor if they don't want to do it, because it is labor, it is work. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it, it's tiring, you know, it's, it's a lot to do, but they've seemed excited to do it. And mm -hmm. I just, I, I hope that we can have more events like this because COVID really hurt us in that respect last mm -hmm. year. And I just know that that can really have a huge impact in, you know, churning a someone from a casual fan to a, a true fan. So this is where um, this is where my experience as a journalist, I think, informs my thought process with this is, you know, when I was covering men's basketball or covering U of L men's basketball or for those from out of town, University of Louisville men's basketball, which if you don't know, uh, is, is a pretty big deal uh, in town. The team <laughs> Super is, big deal. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> very high profile players and, and teams. And in that regard, it was, okay, everyone watches them play. Who are these guys? What makes them tick? Where do they come from? Who, who are the people who are important in their lives? And I think that the project that we have going for racing uh, and Louisville City, really, uh, because of the change in venue, I think a little bit, uh, is, is introducing or reintroducing you to players and really feeling like you have someone to root for. Um, and that's important to me. Um, you saw the Jay Howell uh, pro player profile video that kind of showed you her backstory. Yeah. We're going to roll awesome. out a bunch of those this year. Uh, we've got some other really cool um, video projects in the making that I think people will resonate with of, of people connecting with fans. So um, it. It, it's, it's a really important thing to, to our communication staff and our marketing staff to make sure that that's a conversation on something that is ongoing. So hopefully people will, will see that work reflected. Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about changes from last year's team to this year's team. I mean, just as a fan, I've noticed that uh, your team has stepped up and increased that work and looking forward to uh, that to continue. These are special people and I'm very excited to have uh, someone with, with your background and your passion being able to have the opportunity, but also your job to, to introduce them because uh, you're doing a great job and we know you Thank will you. continue to do a great job. Um, and one job you have is to be a dad to a newborn. So we got to get you <laughs> out of here. But one thing we do, uh, we like to do is a segment called build a statue. We know that um, most pro teams with beautiful stadiums have statues out front commemorating famous players. And what we'd like to do is talk about from this last week, based on um, anything that's happened, who would you build a statue of? And we will, we'll give you a sec, Jeff. We'll start with you, Becky. Who are you building a statue of this week? Well, I have a feeling that one or both of you would immediately <laughs> think of Amina Ekic because, I mean, how could you not with what she did? So I'm going to actually take a little different tact, and I'm actually going to say Jess McDonald because not only has she been great, but I just absolutely loved the fact that when they incorrectly said that Ashley Sanchez during the Washington spirit game was the wrong, mm -hmm. was the first person to score off a set piece. And it was such an amazing goal that she immediately there was like, no, 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 no. Excuse me. My teammate, Amina Ekic did it first. You know, that's so important to have such a well-known, you know, well-earned, well-known for good reason, yeah. you know, World Cup winning player on the team who's willing to stand up for the smaller, lesser known players and make sure they have their due. So, I mean, she definitely deserves a statue just for all the wonderful things she's done and said for the city so far, the wonderful play that she's done so far, but that really pushed it over the edge for me. That comment on Twitter, supporting Amina Ekage and supporting her teammates. So Jess McDonald is a uh, who I am putting a statue outside of Lynn Family Stadium for today. Well-deserved, well-deserved. And uh, I'll give you another second, Jeff. The player, I will also give it to a player, and I'm going to give it to Freya Olison, who uh, I nicknamed the Terminator, because when, I, I, first of all, I do not condone yellow cards. I don't want our players <laughs> to play rough. I don't want them to play perceived as dirty. 
But when we gave up that first goal, I was mad. It was a stupid goal to give up. I'm sure that uh, in the film session afterwards, Coach Kim and the players that were around the goal were like, you know what? That was stupid. It shouldn't have happened. It was a cheap goal. It was a goal, but it was a cheap goal. And Freya got mad about it. And she played harder. And that's what I want to see. Somebody that, you know, I, on the one hand, you take it for granted that winning is more important to the players than us as fans. But I just loved the passion. Even even after the goal, team was a little, I don't want to say shell-shocked, but we were still a little in a little bit of a funk. Like maybe, uh, you know, didn't get a good night's sleep the night before. Probably weren't playing as sharp as they would have liked. But Freya just turned up the intensity, and I love that. Freya Olsen gets my statue this week. What about you, Jeff? Well, thank you both for, for leaving me with a, a one-foot tap-in putt on this one. It's, <laughs> for me, there's no question it's the – uh, mid leap Amina Ekic um, after scoring an absolute laser beam of a goal. Um, absolutely love that kid. She is awesome. She is so good uh, at, w- at what she does. Uh, she's also a joy to, to work with and, and have her like, Hey, can you do this video? Yeah. What, what's it about? Um, we want to, we want to say thank you uh, to the U of L women's basketball team for their run this year. And just what were your thoughts watching them? Okay. Let me think about it. Okay. I'm ready. And then she records <laughs> this 10 second video that the players like deeply appreciated. And everyone's like, wow, that was really thoughtful. Uh, that's Amina Ekic. So um, here's what I would say about, um, about Amina. Um, she is so important to this team for so many different reasons. Mm. And both of the players you guys picked also uh, are really important. Um, but Amina is from Fairdale. Um, she, she played at, at Beachmont uh, Community Fields. She played at UofL. She played at Manual High. Um, I mean, just go down the list of things that resonate with locals here. Uh, her parents are Bos- were Bosnian War uh, refugees or, or the Balkans War refugees mm. uh, came to the United States. I mean, there is just so much there. But the biggest thing for me about Amina is I want to root for a team where the players and the coach care more than I do about winning. Mm. And that's hard to do because Lord knows if you want to see the press box, I am, I, I believe I shouted F yeah. When she scored the other night, um, I'm very, that was you? Oh, that was, nice that was um, and, and I'm very intense about a few uh, of my favorite teams, especially. And I want, it doesn't have to always be fire and brimstone fist pump and all that stuff, but I want it to be a smoldering or fiery um, return on competitive spirit and to see the emotion that she showed when she scored that goal after coming on, telling us afterwards, like, I'm going to help change this game. That's mm. the type of person I want on this team. Um, and, and so uh, build the statue already. Come on, two, two screamers in two years. Let's get a few more of those. There we go. And Jeff, you know, I know that you, one of the things that, uh, that uh, you know, we always talk about is uh, what's a good reason to come to the stadium. If you've been um, at the stadium for the last uh, season with this one, as the team goes in to the locker room, when Lance McGarvey with his beautiful voice is saying, but 15 <laughs> minutes time, you will see Amina Ekage practicing that exact shot. She practices it, yep. practices, practices until the sprinklers come on. And when she lined up, I was like, she's taking the shot and she hit it. And um, I'm telling you, this team will reward you if you, if you uh, pay attention to it. But Jeff Greer, thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, you know, for U of L fans, the Floyd street tribune, uh, but also we're going to appreciate, uh, all of your work as communications manager here at racing. Any final thoughts, anything that uh, we haven't gotten to that you need that, that, you, that we should have. Well, I just want to, I want to go to, uh, the Malcolm Gladwell, um, thing where it's like, you see, what was the name of the book where it's like, if, if a person sneezes, then two more people sneeze and then eight people sneeze, uh, the multiplication <laughs> effort, everyone who's listening to this podcast, uh, if they are available and, and, and have access to come to a racing game, um, I want you to take it personally that you can get people into the stands. I want, I want you to bring new people into the stands. That's something I'm asking everyone who loves racing to do everyone who loves Louisville city to do. Think of your, your, if you've got kids, think of your son or daughter's um, friend, bring that parent and Mm. bring that friend to a game. 
um, et cetera, et cetera. It just goes down the line because I think the more people who are aware of it, um, the more people will want to come to games. So we're, we're just trying to spread the gospel of, of racing around the city and um, trying to get as many people to come out to games as possible. And um, my ultimate dream, my goal is to have an environment like the US or the USL, the NWSL championship uh, with 10,000 plus people in the crowd going absolutely bonkers, little kids screaming a whole nine uh, for a racing Louisville match with playoff implications uh, sometime in August and September. That's what I want. And we are working our butts off to get there, but we need your help. Uh, so please uh, take it on yourselves uh, to, to get uh, your friends and family uh, to come on out. I know a lot of people already do, but keep on pushing because we will, uh, we will see the, the, we will reap the rewards of our work uh, down the line. And I just want to say something else really quickly too. I'm a shy person. I'm an introvert. I've been very, before I started doing all of this, one reason I started doing it is to push myself to actually make connections with people in the community. It can be really intimidating to just like go to a game if you don't know anybody that wants to go with you or to go to the events like the Jersey reveal. If you don't know anybody wants to go with you, you know what? I go to games by myself a lot because I have friends in the stands. If you ever need someone to hang out with, DM me on Twitter, contact me. I'd be more than happy to sit with you anytime at a game. I'd be more than happy to sit with you at the Jersey reveal thing. Don't be afraid come out. We are a nice group of people, a nice group of fans, and really just take the opportunity to, to be part of our great community. Wonderful stuff. I absolutely agree. Um, Jeff, this was a lot of fun. Becky, we've got a little work to do here in the next <laughs> week. We are going to uh, preview the season. Um, I've spent hours and hours going over yep. the schedule, and I'm excited to get into the boring weeds on that. Uh, <laughs> but until that time, Becky, this was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. <laughs>